Right. Great. You've been able to, you know, place the feeling. What is this feeling similar to, or when have you felt it before, but what's actually happening? And that's a very, until we start to gain that awareness, I do think it is very tough to stop yourself when you're kind of in that cycle of looking at the tagged photos. Because if I really stopped and slowed down enough and said, wow, my system is super dysregulated and I just keep looking to intellectualize and avoid the feeling that is in my body right now, I'm going to keep chasing until I can slow down and notice that the stimulus is actually creating absolute havoc in my nervous system. Welcome back to another episode of Get Psyched. Lindsay here, and today Amy and I are diving into, oops, I did it again. I checked his tagged photos. In the vein of transparency and honesty, yep, Amy and I have both done this. We both do this. And today we talk about why. Why does it feel so good and then so bad? If you can relate, we would love for you to take a minute and leave the show a five-star rating and review. As you know, these ratings and reviews do a ton for the show and allow us to keep it going. So without further ado, enjoy the show. And I've started wearing my aura ring on my thumb. Ooh. When and did I write, you get your aura ring? Where or when? When? Did we reset. talk about it? No. Yeah, okay. I thought it was reset. Yeah. Yeah, it was an impulse, impulse buy. You know. Yeah. Um, you know as one does. That's what, yeah. Well, it makes sense. Um, and so, yeah. I I, it. it. I really like it so far. I mean, I think that my favorite part is it's um, meshing with natural cycles which feels good yeah um and I mean it's 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 just reaffirming like I always knew alcohol really fucked with my sleep but like to see data is just like okay like mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah that's what the whoop did for me and the aura ring I feel like for me is um really helpful for like elevating my health and wellness because I'm like very conscious and aware of my sleep and how it's impacted by just different things other than alcohol and my cycle, like being able to track it. So specifically is really nice. So. Yeah. I've tried other, like I'm going to wake up and take my temperature every day. I don't. <laughs> There's no way. And then Sorry. I also bought it. Women who point, do that. We salute you. Salute you. <laughs> Yeah. There was one point when I bought like this armband that was supposed to like take my temperature at the same time every day. Um, and then I was like, this is so uncomfortable. It was literally like sleeping with a tourniquet on every night. Not a tourniquet, that's extreme, but it was not comfortable. Yeah, so I just never like, fucking wore it. You know, one of those bangles that people wear around their, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> their biceps. <laughs> like I'm Grecian. Uh, yes. Grecian princess. <laughs> and so yeah okay. and you know it was crazy Let's save this save this for when we have an aura ring an contract. aura ring episode yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh brought to you by brought to you by aura you just get psyched it yeah check out you get 50 bucks no you don't we, we bought these full price 
Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't. That's a lie. <laughs> don't don't enter that code. Or do, and maybe some like of one of their back programmers will be like, so many people have written this code that makes no sense. Five people have written <laughs> yeah. a whole five. <laughs> Which would honestly be really um that's a lot of people. <laughs> and it's weird. Their names were Lamy. <laughs> <laughs> Ainsley. Davis, Ainsley. <laughs> Davis, Davis, and Dinsey. I don't know why this is happening. <laughs> oh my god, we're so stupid. Oh god. Um, but it did do the craziest thing the other day. I, you know how it'll ask you like workout detected. Do you want to log it? Mm-hmm. I must have been having a crazy dream because it tried to log a workout for thirty minutes at five thirty in the morning while I was sleeping and I'm so curious wow. what was going on your heart rate was just a little crazy yeah yeah that's interesting very interesting mm, yeah it records sexes workouts for me <laughs> it's like there are all the options you know for workouts and then there's other and I'm just like eh, it's another <laughs> <laughs> it's another <laughs> It's like, Amy, you had a 47-second workout? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow, it's a long, long workout. It's a long other. It's a long It's other. the longest other that you've had. Uh, have you ever had it um, pick up your heart rate when you've been anxious? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Wow, I've yet to have that. Granted, I've also only had it for so there's plenty of time. <laughs> that's, that's how much anxiety I have. Um, well, I think it just picks up more like um, a lack of variability, right? Like the heart variability is like what it's picking up on for me um, in those moments. Oh, Davis and I um, compared heart rate variability the other day, and I officially feel like a sloth <laughs> amongst amongst <laughs> super humans. Because he was like, like, hey, is this good? And he like, in in a way that only Davis could say no and not hurt my feelings. He like was able to be like, what's yours? Not good. It yeah. was like, I'm not, I'm, I'm ashamed That's to share. Hard. Well, it's hard too because men and women are very different. Like men typically have a higher heart rate variability than women do. Yes, and his resting heart rate is like a corpse. Oh, I am not that. <laughs> You're like rewind where I just said I was too anxious like yeah exactly yeah yeah <laughs> I'm sure today my heart has been a little wild <laughs> oh speaking of why is your heart rate wild what's going on what's tell me what's going on in your life do let's give me oh, a check-in are we going into the check-in let's do a check-in okay great are we gonna have everything that we just talked about <laughs> Part of I feel it. like it should be because that was awesome. <laughs> was so silly. Um, yeah, how's your heart? Um, yeah, tell doing... me what's on your mind. <laughs> what? what brings you in today? What brings you into the podcast today? So yeah, I feel like I'm doing pretty well. I um, have been dealing with some anxiety today. You're catching me on an anxious day, which are pretty few and far between these days, which is pretty amazing. 
but I had like half a cup of coffee this morning. And then I was about to like, and then I poured the rest of the coffee into my cup and was like about to drink it. And then I was like, mm, maybe not. Maybe Your aura not. ring was like, <laughs> do you want to track this workout? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm like, oh my God, it's just coffee. Um, but I was laughing with Linz because I was like, oh yeah, I'm anxious day. And um, I, I lifted weights and then I went to jujitsu and then I did a cold plunge and then I felt a little bit better. <laughs> and I started cracking up and she called me on it. She's like, why are you laughing? I was like, well, you just did three different regulation practices of which most people would maybe do one. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then I was like, oh, I should, I need to do some writing too. I need to do, yeah. So Hey, different get strokes for different folks whatever yeah, went works to the, went to the grocery store talked to barbara she told me to check my email for natural grocers emails so she's like if you don't use your two dollar off coupon you lose out on it and it goes back in the pot and i was like wow two dollars is not a lot of money barbara but thank you and definitely um, not natural grocers natural grocers is expensive it's like for those of you listening that don't have a natural grocers, it's like a Whole Foods. It is like a Whole Foods, but worse. Uh, <laughs> but if you are gluten-free or have a lot of um, preferences around your ingredients and in food, natural grocers can be a great option. And it's the, in my food desert of a home, it is the closest grocery store to me. So my food desert. <laughs> <laughs> what i don't have a grocery store within walking distance it's embarrassing uh shame. <laughs> shame um i used to uh be a lot closer to things and i'm not and that's okay adjustments yes but yeah i feel like i'm pretty good i think like one of the things that i um need to to confess to you was around um this guy that i like you must not be named. What's you must a, not be named. What is a... That's a good nickname. Yeah, yeah, we need a good okay, pseudonym. That's, a, that's another like fun thing about dating in your 30s are all the nicknames that your friends come up with for the guys that you're dating. <laughs> They're really good. And if you then compare <laughs> the nicknames that people get and give in your 30s versus what we would say in our 20s. Like in our 20s, it was like, Free drug guy, <laughs> like yeah, like what, you know, what I want to say. Chad, Chad from Tinder number six, <laughs> number six. Oh God! Versus your thirties. I named one of yours Portland Daddy. That was a good one. We loved the Portland Daddy one. Nothing really Daddy ever happened good. with that. <laughs> no, but he got a good name. Needless to say, he got a good name. We had multiple Dans. Um, they are not in the picture. There's no Dan in the picture. Um, what is a good name? Mm, California boy. I mean, that works for me. Let's do that. Let's do that. Okay. California, California boy, because yeah. then that, um, this will probably be a common thread and theme throughout the show is Lindsay trying to get Amy to move to California on a regular <laughs> basis. So if I can <laughs> like hedge my yeah. bets and have California boy in that bucket, I will use that. Okay. So yeah, California All boy. Right. California boy. Anyway, so I have an interest in this in this man. And um, I noticed, right, like my anxious self comes in, in in multiple ways. I felt some anxiety today. 
And then a couple of days ago, probably like last week, I definitely like felt some curiosity. And then I think curiosity turned me into a little bit of like a, um, I don't know what the word would be. Like I was, I was definitely in a spot where I felt maybe some insecurity and, and felt a lot of like thoughts coming through that maybe weren't like the healthiest. And so I was thinking about like him and, um, oh my God, like who has he dated before? Like what's that been like? And thinking back, I was like in my head, (laughs) I was like, well, and I don't think that he has, um, he doesn't post any pictures with girls like on his Instagram that I don't follow and that he doesn't follow me because he doesn't really use Instagram. All you people out there. All you little creeps that are going to go and like try to figure out which men from California Amy follows. It's Davis. It's my partner. It's Davis. Yeah. The California boy. That's the only California boy I follow. (laughs) Um, No, people probably wouldn't do that. But anyway. I I don't know, man. The internet's a creepy place, but I digress. Anyway, so I had the thought, I was like, but... I haven't looked at his tagged photos. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Um, and yeah, if you guys know, that can be a great place to find photos of people. Um, and yeah, so I went to his tagged photos. And alas, there were quite a few photos of him with girls that he's dated. And um, they were lovely photos. They were great. And then my fears that were coming up before... I even searched where like, I'm not going to be enough. I'm not X enough. I'm not Y enough. I'm not interesting enough. I'm not all this, all these things that I think I'm supposed to be for somebody to want me to like Mm. me, right. To, you know, fall for me or want to pursue me. Right. And so I, I think maybe looking at the photos, like seeking them out was like a way for me to figure out a little bit more data, right. And figure out, you know, just like kind of more intel, get more intro information. Right. But ultimately I feel like it was kind of rooted in some insecurity, right. This idea of, Oh, I'm just curious, but also it's like, but why do you need to look at that? You know? Um, anyway, so that was something that came up for me that I wanted to to check in with you on. Um, (laughs) I wanted to uh, turn myself in for being a tagged (laughs) photo inspector. Um, (laughs) take me away take me take me take me away um but I do think that I I so easily can also do things in the name of regulation that are actually completely dysregulating um for me especially when insecurity is present before I can identify it as insecurity or an attachment issue or anything like that I kind of, I don't know, do things under the guise of, oh, I'm just giving my system as much information as it can possibly have so that it can make the next quote unquote best decision. And instead it like completely jacks up my insecurities or my, um, my inner critic gets really loud. And instead of like, you know, um, instead of saying, yeah, California boy does enjoy, you know, girls that are into fitness. My brain, instead of being like, and you like fitness and you do fitness, my brain goes to, and you don't do it enough, or you could do it better. Or she, she does it better than you do clearly. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I just, I don't know what my question for you in that is if, as we're both sharing this, I don't have an answer to it. So I hope you do. Um, what kind of comes in and like stops that way of thinking, or when do you gain the awareness to be like, Oh, that, that pesky human experience of comparison and insecurity is happening again. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Mm, Just sitting with that question. You know, the first thing that comes to my mind is that I know what it feels like to feel safe and feel good with myself. And I know how good that feels. Right. And I know how calming that feels. And so whenever I'm in a state where I'm trying to seek more information, right. I have my inspector hat on, right. And I'm kind of going for all of the data of like possible that I can try to gather. Like that doesn't feel great. <laughs> it doesn't feel good. And so I can kind of catch myself in those moments and just be like, Hey, how do you actually want to feel do you want to move towards stability? Do you want to move toward peace? Yes. Okay. That means that you actually have to stop, right? You actually have to like close out. And, you know, for me, it often means like taking a break, like maybe even deleting the, the app off, your, off of my phone and like taking a few minutes or days or hours or whatever, right. To just create some space some distance, right. Between that stimulus, right. And, you know, kind of how it impacts my like state. Mm-hmm. You know, it came up for me, um, and I think we could do an entire episode on how, what our practices or how do you get to a place of knowing that your system feels safe and when it doesn't, um, because I don't want to just brush over that. Like that's something that we're all innately attuned to. It mm-hmm. takes a lot of work to really dig and get to that place. And so I kind of want to table that because I think that again, could be an entire episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, in my journey of getting to that place of what makes me feel safe for I intellectualize that is my number one go-to coping strategy um and for those that are listening who might not know what intellectualizing is I will let Amy explain it because she's so good at explaining <laughs> no. and then I'll dive back in <laughs> no wait. I want to hear you explain it because, totally yeah okay so intellectualizing is kind of what I said before right like gathering all the information I can or thinking through the problem or the state that I'm in, you name it, um, rather than feeling what the stimulus is making me feel. So if I can think about it, I'm actually completely bypassing that anxious feeling in my body or the fear or, you know, name whatever undesirable feeling is present. I'm going to think, 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 think my way through it and then get to the other side and think, there it is, again, think I have processed it, but that's really all I've done is thought about it. I have not Mm. dropped in to the somatic experience that I was having. And then lo and behold, a trigger like that pops up again, and I'm equally as dysregulated the next time it comes around, even though I've thought about whatever it is to the nth degree. Yeah. And so, right. It's just that that aspect of intellectualizing, right. It doesn't actually solve anything. Right. It's like what I talk about with so many of my clients, you know, before we begin working together that I'm like, Hey, we're going to slow down. We're going to like connect to your body. We're going to engage a lot of self-talk. We're going to slow, slow you down into that relationship to self because And that's going to feel awkward sometimes, right? It's not normal. Like it's not a normal cadence for you in a conversation to be like, 
hey, check in. What's going on in your body as you're talking about this? Do you notice how quickly you're speaking, right? Or do you notice how you're just talking about this as in the sense of like, you know, as far as like what you're thinking about it, right? Versus what it's causing you to feel, you know? And so kind of shifting that, right, is, is how we can kind of notice it as well. Absolutely. Or how often we start a, a sentence with, I just feel like, and then we don't use a single I think I feeling. Feel. Yeah. I don't <laughs> use a single descriptor of a feeling. It's like, I just feel like he should do this or know this and I should do, right. It's like, okay, none of that actually. It's like, if we actually slow that sentence down and the next time all you listeners, you say, I feel like, see if the next word out of your mouth is a feeling or not, mm. because that's what really checked me as I was like, well, I'm just talking more about thoughts or shoulds mm-hmm. instead yeah, of or telling a story. Mm, tell me more. Right. I just notice a lot of people will go into storytelling when I ask them about something that's happening in their body, which is their way of trying to relate it to something maybe that's already happened. Right. So they'll, um, you know, you're like, Oh, okay. Well, what, what do you mean? What's not, what are you noticing as you're, what are you feeling as, as you're talking about this situation. Oh, well, you know, my brother, Tom, he always did this thing where he would yell at me whenever I asked for the ice cream, but, and you're like, you're just telling me a story. Right. Great. You've been able to, Mm -hmm. you know, place the feeling. What is this feeling similar to, or when have you felt it before, but what's actually happening? Mm -hmm. Right. And that's a very, until we start to gain that awareness, I do think it is very tough to stop yourself when you're kind of in that cycle of totally yeah, looking at difficult. the tagged photos. Yeah. Because if I really stopped and slowed down enough and said, wow, my system is super dysregulated and I just keep looking to intellectualize and avoid the feeling that is in my body right now, I'm going to keep chasing mm-hmm. until I can slow down and notice that the stimulus is actually creating absolute havoc in my nervous system and like you said I need some space yeah exactly and so that's why it was important for me to name well I know what it feels like to be to feel calm and safe and my body kind of safe and sound and I know that's actually the the what I want to move toward right that's actually how I want to feel on a regular basis but not a lot of people feel a sense of groundedness in that calm state right like there's actually something that feels more safe about activation, which is like so fascinating, right? Oh, hi. Hello. That's me with a very (laughs) avoidant attachment style. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting, right? Like I've even noticed it in liking, you know, California boy, right? It's a very safe, stable, you know, so far um, uh, situation. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I don't know what the word is. Situationship. Situationship that we're in here. And, you know, I've, I find myself kind of thinking about like maybe people I dated earlier this year and felt more activated around and it's like <gasps> kind of like obsessed with, right. Or thinking about, or, you know, all these different things. And it was so much more activating for my system. And now I'm, I'm continually teaching my body. Actually, this is, this is what, um, you know, a deep, safe relationship can feel like, right. Is a sense of security. And sometimes that's going to look a little boring, Oh my gosh, you took the words right out of your mouth, out of my mouth. Jeez, Lindsay, yeah, they, words. they came out You're of my like, mouth. You're like, yes, yeah. they did come out of my mouth, Lindsay. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Astute observation. Um, 
Yeah, I had the same thing when I first started dating my fiance. Um, it was so stable and it was so secure. And like I just said a few minutes ago, I identify as a recovering, avoidantly attached human. And so, yeah, there were moments I remember calling Amy and I was like, I'm so bored. Like, what is wrong? What is wrong with me? And it took the reflection of how maybe addicted to chaos. I think that sounds a little extreme, but really my nervous system was very, very accustomed to attuned to chaos. You were attuned to chaos as as the norm, as the norm. It was like, if we're not in these really high highs and these really low lows and having extreme fights and then separation and then makeup sex and threatening breakup, it's like, do you even like me? (laughs) and slowing down enough to be like whoa Lindsay actually maybe you should be very very mindful and grateful of the fact that you have now found a partnership that is so stable and so secure Mm -hmm. but it took a lot of unlearning and I yeah it showed up for me originally as boredom like what do you mean we're not fighting right yes fascinating right like what do you mean I feel secure with you (laughs) yeah yeah it's so cool so I bring this up, right? Because I want to normalize insecurity. I want to normalize like, Hey, like this happens. The point is, what do we do with it? Right. How do we bring in conscious awareness and conscious attention and, you know, really notice our tendencies, right? Like maybe in the past I would have shifted towards a a shame spiral. I would have told no one, right. There's no way I would have talked about it. Right. And let alone put it on a podcast and you're like, (laughs) I didn't see, oops, I looked at his Instagram tag photos. Uh, Oops, I did it again. (laughs) oops um yeah and so like just the reality like things happen we are working toward connection toward integration toward awareness right toward compassion and so this increased awareness can just help us shift towards that right and help us orient more toward a growth right and so like to the point where it won't even really feel interesting to to do that right in the future, right. To check up on those things. Cause it's like, no, I actually know the way that that made me feel and it's not worth it. Yeah. How do you, how do you go about getting to a place where you're willing to share those insecurities? Um, Obviously this isn't an invitation for people to start a podcast and explore that in this way. (laughs) If that's what you're called to cool, do it. And I applaud you because that's big. You know, there's like Amy named um, when, when we're facing things like insecurities, there's, they coincide with shame. They're Mm -hmm. like BFFs that are very, very hard to untangle. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious if, if someone's listening and they're like, cool, I do that too. I check the tag photos or I stalk their current partner or I look at my ex or whatever um, how do we start identifying and stripping the shame that is maybe around sharing that insecurity? Mm, yeah, I love that. And I love the quote of, you know, shame dies when stories are told in safe places. And so if you think about it, right, like these unhealthy patterns were created in relationship, right? They were created because of an instability you felt potentially in a past relationship where you felt you needed more control 
or more information, right. In order to try to help yourself feel validated. And so, you know, thinking about like, how do I kind of shift this pattern? It's actually shifted and healed through relationship. And so that means, you know, telling it to a safe person, right. is probably a good place to start, or you could even just start by writing it down. And having, you know, a conversation with yourself, write a letter to your insecurity, right? Like write something and that's completely free, you know, like you don't have to see a therapist for that. Um, now, obviously, you know, a safe person could be a friend. Um, it could be a professional. It could be a coach. Uh, it could be, you know, a partner, right? Like just being able to notice how it feels to express yourself, right? And something I like to express in those moments is begin by saying like, this feels kind of scary for me to tell you, but right. And mm. so hopefully it informs to that person. This is a, Hey, this is sacred ground. This is a tender thing for me to share with you. And I want you to know that I'm, I'm still kind of trying to figure it out. I don't really have a good answer yet. I'm just trying to find some healing through relationship, right. For this thing that's come up. Okay. Additional question then, because I agree with you a thousand percent. And I can't tell you how many times I have done exactly that and told my story and be it to a professional or my partner. Um, someone else has been able to identify kind of my cognitive distortions or underlying false core beliefs. And it's been really healing and beautiful. Um, but how scary is that, right? You're actually wrestling with something that feels like your biggest shadow or, mm-hmm. you know, your your largest shortcoming. And then to go to someone that you love and respect and admire and say, hey, here's something really dark that I'm not very proud of. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you, right? Like there's a, it feels almost like a power dynamic there. Like, I don't, that's the person I want to share that with the least. I'll go share it with some stranger who I'm not worried might leave or might judge me or write all of the, all of the reasons why we keep stories inside. I could imagine that's only magnified when given the invitation to then go share it with someone that you love and admire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think like the emphasis on safe, right? Is it a safe person? And what do I mean by that? Right. Somebody who's going to be a soft place to land, right? With this intel, who is not going to share it with other people, who is not going to express from a place of trying to fix you, right? Or tell you how you're wrong, you know, how, you know, like, oh, well, that was fucked up. Why'd you do that? Like, now you probably ruined your chances at having a relationship with this person, right? If you're going like, to do this, that's not a very safe response. Right. I know I've had things happen in my life that I've gone to you for, and you've been like, oh man, like how human of you. Right. And so knowing those people who are going to respond in that way. Right. And that's why, you know, I kind of started with could you write to yourself? Like, could you write a letter to yourself? Can you start by being a safe place for yourself if you don't have safe people around you? And then start you know, developing those safe people around you, right. And start cultivating those types of relationships. Um, and that's a whole, <laughs> really another podcast in and of itself. And also, you know, I, I think like the reality is, is like vulnerable vulnerability um, and being vulnerable with people allows them to be vulnerable with you. And so like, someone's got to start it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, you know, if you're looking at your partner, they're looking at you and you're just like, 
eh, eh, you know, like, you know, during the headlights, yeah, <laughs> just kind of staring at each other. Someone's going to start being vulnerable. Right. And like, what is it going to fucking take for you to be in a relationship? That's actually like life's life giving and sustaining. Right. And be able to give you that safety and that growth and, you know, just being that, you know, kind of like dynamic thing that you want to create. Right. Absolutely. I might just also add to the letter writing um, experience or practice that for me, when I first started doing that, it was almost met with my inner critic, right? It's again, that part of me that wants to intellectualize or wants to like, I don't, I truly am in a place now with my inner critic. I'm not going to sit here and be like, I love him. We're best friends. We get tea on the weekends. We don't. When, when that part of me shows up, I'm like, okay, you're here. You're allowed to be here. Why are you? Um, but when that inner critic part comes up for the first time, when you're writing that letter, being aware of that too, right? Going back to what Amy and I were talking about in the beginning of being aware of the feelings and the sensations that are present when you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And so I would invite like maybe doing something that makes you feel like your best self before you write this letter. And maybe that is working out. Maybe that's watching a Hallmark movie. Maybe that is cooking a really nourishing meal, something that like mm. makes doing you art feel... or even just sitting in the sunshine. Yeah. yeah. Something, yeah, something yeah, makes ahead. you feel really good. Makes yes. you feel, I hate being like, oh, makes you feel like your highest self. Yes. Get so enlightened before you do this practice. <laughs> but, yeah. You're just but something you're that really connected. does. Yes. Yeah. You're most connected and aware self because, you know, even writing that letter to yourself can feel scary. And I want to normalize that that's okay too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Give exactly. yourself the most tools to be able to write it. Yeah. And you got to start. You got to start somewhere. Right. If you want to see growth and change, like there has to be a stepping point. Yeah. I kind of saw your eyes light up when I mentioned the inner critic, what was going on when I said that. Oh yeah. I feel like it's just such a helpful thing to name. Um, oftentimes we think that that's, that voice that is harsh or unkind or like kind of holds us back maybe from creating or, or writing or doing an art piece or, you know, taking that trip or whatever is that voice. that's like, eh, you're probably not good enough for that. Uh, no, you don't know enough. Oh, why would you write something that people care about? And we normalize that as something um, that isn't to be questioned. We listen to it a lot. But if we can separate it, right, and actually name it as, oh, there's a part of me, there's this inner critic, um, you know, I, I think of um, Julia Cameron, who wrote uh, The Artist's Way. She talks about her inner critic, his name, I think, is like Nigel. <laughs> he has Mine's like, Martha. Martha. You know why? Because the Grinch, Martha May Huvier, she seems like such a real bitch, and real, <sighs> real critic lady. May. Yep. Yeah. Oh, this, however, is new. Yeah. <laughs> like starts shooting the the lights. <laughs> Her boobs are like yeah. huge. Huge. Yeah. That's. And if anyone's it. wondering. Mm-hmm, you just got an inside look at my journal pages, and I will literally greet her and be like, "Oh, hi, Marcia. You're here. Hey, your big old jugs yeah. and your judgy attitude. Yeah. <laughs> you think you're so hot." <laughs> uh anyway so, so nigel 
yeah, Nigel is, is Julie Cameron's. And I love that um, idea of like naming it as something kind of separate. Um, and so that there is a little bit of distance and separation and you can witness it and you can kind of say hello to it, welcome it, you know, recognize it and also say like, and we're still going to create, we're still going to do, right. I'm still going to, you know, kind of take these steps. Naming it. And like you said, being able to witness it also creates some separation between you and that part. Mm-hmm. So instead right. of feel so activating, yeah. right. Or instead of the, the belief, I am so worthless. I am not a creator. I, I have all of these shortcomings. Instead, it becomes a part of me believes this to be true. Or this part can embody all of those kind of yucky, crunchy feelings and thoughts that I'm having. And me, the holistic Lindsay, is actually totally fine and perfect and wonderful exactly as she is. Mm -hmm. And that includes this part. But it just allows some separation for me to be able to be like, oh, this is not all of me. This is a part of me that believes Mm -hmm. this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sometimes that part likes to look at tagged photos. Yeah, she does. You know, she just, she loves the data. She loves more information. <laughs> Goes back to our aura ring conversation at the very beginning of this. The data. What are we doing with the data? Data. Yeah. What's your inner critic's name? Have you named it? I haven't named it. Yeah, I haven't. Um, yeah, that's, uh, it's interesting. Like I, um, maybe I, I see it more as like a, a protector, right? Maybe I like name it as like, oh, you you're just trying to protect me like that makes sense like I get it um yeah I haven't I haven't had the official name for it but maybe I will so using this example to put that into more tangible form for people listening how is your inner critic trying to keep you safe when you're looking at tagged photos um that's a great question I I'm trying to like name if it's, if it's like specifically my inner critic that's coming up there, or if it's like the part of me that wants more data to determine if I'm going to be good enough. And so if I, if I know ahead of time, oh, it's, I'm not going to be good enough, then I want to make sure that I protect myself ahead of time and get out of this right before I even get anywhere close. Mm. Right. And so I think it's trying to protect me and trying to help me figure out. Um, and I think I could, you know, we're also just like, we're all nosy creatures. We just want a little bit more information. Oh my God. I watched a gender reveal for my ex that's with his now (laughs) wife and they've been together forever. And I like had to know what gender child they were having. So I could get like, nosy. yeah, I had to know. And everyone was like, why? Like, why'd you watch a six minute video that just made you feel crunchy? And it's like, I didn't know if it was a boy or a girl. No, like there was this part that felt really activated, right? Mm-hmm. And and again, yeah. like there's like a normal, like we normalize that feeling as like, that's going to help me feel better, right? If I can just go more toward this regulation, I'm going to feel better. When in reality, we need to zoom out, right? And shift our state in order to feel better, right? In order to like feel more connected to ourselves. How do you go about shifting a state? What might be a state change that would help people that are listening to this that are maybe looking at an ex's handle right now? <laughs> right now, right this second. Right this second. What do you got? Gotcha, right it down. Handed. Delete the <laughs> app. 
Yeah. Walk away. Put the phone down. Walk away. <laughs> well, I think it's helpful to recognize like what state you're in. And so if there are different kind of interventions, depending on if you are feeling activated, right? So if you can feel um, you are in a more sympathetic fight or flight response, right? If your heart rate's kind of increased, if you find your muscles are clenching or tense, if you find that you are, you know, kind of rapidly searching for something, right? That's one kind of um, reaction. What could be helpful in that moment? Like, yes, putting your phone down and going for a walk, right? Getting some movement in, um, maybe writing about it, journaling about it. Um, that can help maybe create a state change for you. I even think like crunching on some ice, right? Or, you know, kind of washing your hands with cold water, right? Can be helpful. Or even taking like a cold or a hot shower, right? Just shifting your state in that way. If you're feeling a little bit more dissociative and disconnected, right? Then it's going to be a little bit more of a shift, right? There's in a sense that you're going to feel more numb. So what we want to do maybe is, again, actually, you know, maybe even shift and like look at a different thing on social media, right? Like shift to watching like puppy and kitten videos and then slowly shift away from that and put your phone down and then go sit in the sunshine, right? You know, feel the sun on your body or, you know, kind of create a little bit of like a different state change, connect to your breath take five deep breaths, right? When we're in a more shut down state, it's going to be a little bit harder to shift our, to shift ourselves out of that, I think. Um, and so just kind of being patient with our different states and where we're at, right. So that we can hopefully move back into that calmer connected social engagement system, right. That's, you know, where we are having those kind of, um, relationships that feel connected, right. And that feel safe. Mm-hmm. yeah I'm feeling myself doing the that same thing right now um mm. I think something for me um right when I'm kind of in more of that shutdown shutdown keeps us safe right whether we are lo- whatever dysregulation we're looking at whether that is hyper aware or shut down it's the system's attempt to keep us safe in that moment and I know that there are things that I am less willing to do because when I'm in shutdown it probably means that I passed through anxiety and still couldn't deal with that and then shut down and Mm -hmm. so to do something that like pulls me out of it quote unquote pulls me out of it there's a an underlying fear in my system like I'm probably not going to go do a hit workout or something that gets my heart rate up because I'm going to pass back through stress to kind of pull myself out so to reiterate or you know give give even more merit to what Amy already said being gentle with yourself in those moments and passing through those states like don't expect that five deep breaths and you're going to be totally fine, but you will be in a different place. Yeah. (laughs) Right. The reality is you're moving. So I love the statement from Deb Dana. She talks a lot about the polyvagal theory and she talks about the fact that we are always moving toward connection or protection. And so if you are deep in the channels of protection, the reality is you're going to have to move through different channels of protection before you get to connection. Right. So if you're in like, channel 99, you got to move up, right. And move, you know, kind of like up in the channels, right. To be able to kind of shift into a little, a more connected 
space. And so protection, you know, so typically if people are feeling shut down, they may feel more anxious before they feel calm. And that's just kind of a reality of being more connected to your body, right? So we want to normalize that as well, right? So it may feel activating, you know, like for me, like stopping and stopping, stopping and checking in with myself and being like, actually, I know I don't want to do this. It felt more activating to stop because I actually became aware of my behavior and connected to my body, right? So I was probably kind of doing it in like a disconnected way, became connected, Ah, that felt kind of scary, but I was able to regulate through it. I've done this a lot. <laughs> I've done this work a lot. She did um, jujitsu and then went for a workout and yeah. then an ice bath. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. I'm um, feeling a little bit better. I'm now on yeah. channel 98. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Although my anxiety today wasn't about the looking at Instagram photos. Um, so it's like, oh, there's so many things. Um, anyway, and so the reality is, is it's a practice that so you get to like kind of learn, you know, how to, uh, what, what helps you kind of shift right. In the, like into those spaces. Yeah. I think that's a perfect place to kind of end today is talking about giving yourself the grace and the patience that you're not going to do it perfectly. Like you'll probably find yourself on tagged photos sometime again in the future. None of us are going to leave this conversation and be like, oh, I'm healed and I'm never going to do this thing <laughs> that makes me yes. uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The goal is to right, have the self-compassion that when I do find myself in someone's tagged album or a gender reveal video to connect to my body half a nanosecond more quickly than I did last time and figure out what my next best step is. We're taking, yeah, exactly. The tiniest of baby steps here. (sighs) Well, Amy, what's your next baby step? What are you off to this afternoon? Mm, Well, tonight I have book club. So I have that, but I'll probably do a little bit of writing before I go, take my dog for a walk, get outside in the sunshine. What about you? My dog just poked up on the screen. Did you see him? He's yeah, like, yes. yeah, I yes. hear Amy talking about my friend. Um, same. I'm gonna make make some dinner, get stuff, get stuff going for a nice night. Um, though a little bit dissociative, I totally plan to watch some Netflix and just kind of settle in and have a chill, girl. Have a yeah. very mellow, mellow evening. I love that. Amy, where can people find you? Oh, not tonight. That's weird. Don't be stalkers, you know, on the interwebs or whatever. (laughs) Yes. If you guys want to connect, I'd love to see you. I'm on social media as true core health. Uh, True isn't true or false core as in the core of your body. Health isn't healthy, all spelled correctly. Um, And if that isn't your vibe, Amy at truecorehealth.com is an email address that you can reach me out. Awesome. You guys can find me where you always do at Lindsay Taylor Locke. Um, I'm going to try to be a little bit more mindful or not mindful, but just, uh, more consistent about the content that I'm putting there. So yeah, excited to connect. Ciao. Yeah, I'll see you soon.